Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for July 13th, 2014. We're going to continue along the, uh, the lines of this whole border crisis. And the next report is, uh, audio is Obama gives Murrieta ICE agents stand down orders. So now we're getting more confirmation of these stand down orders coming to the border patrol agents at the time that they are needed most. We have Alex Jones. Alex, this is the collapse of America, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. Again, ladies and gentlemen, we have our reporters uh, down there on the border in Southern California right now in Marietta. And uh, reportedly, uh, Joe Biggs, uh, one of our reporters, uh, has been basically uh, threatened, a threat on his life. That's coming up at the bottom of this hour with Jakari Jackson. Joe Biggs, and we also have uh, staff reporter Kit Daniels, and of course Josh Owens there with you, who famously got that footage uh, when the feds backed down uh, with that situation uh, out in the uh, Bundy situation in Nevada. Now, again, ladies and gentlemen, this is all part of a larger program to implode the United States into the North American Union out of crises. They will build their new world order. Order out of chaos is the plan. And the narrative is that this is just about Democratic voters. And the narrative is this is about Cloward and Piven and more more you know, socialism and more dependency. And that's part of it. But the larger issue is bringing in a major crisis that is a smokescreen for the feds to federalize the western states and other states that are on the verge of financial collapse. So this is about driving the entire country into the type of downward spiral we've seen in Detroit. This is the globalist program. This is what they do. This is what they've done all over the world. And they are advertising for MS-13, La Raza, Mecha, the literal dregs of southern North America, Mexico, Central America, Guatemala, South, and then, of course, South America. And even Vice documentaries on HBO just show the incredible crime, the drug addicts, the, the leprosy, the, the, just the diseases, which is just now pouring across the border. And this is being done by design. And now we have the bombshell information up on Infowars.com and PrisonPlanet.com. Obama gives Marietta area ICE agents stand-out order, Cloward and Piven strategy in full swing. And if you remember, it's not just Paul Joseph Watson's new article. It's the Border Patrol Union president and vice president, one of which you've interviewed, David, who were on record, ladies and gentlemen, uh, saying that three months ago they were given a stand-out order from San Diego to McAllen, Texas, from Southern California to Texas, and they're told, stand down, go pick up trash, go do something else. Reinforcements are coming. So they never have to put it on paper that they've actually ordered a full stand down. This is the greatest definition of high treason by the president and the criminals that control the Democratic Party, and they want to exploit the giant immigrant population out of Central South America and Mexico, who the political class, the big banks, but right down 
to the, quote, uh, La Raza, Mecha, Chicano leaders and the law firms that serve them literally feed on this population and literally use this population as a black market mules, not just for drugs, but for money laundering, you name it. And so the huge drug war we've seen in Mexico against different drug cartels uh, controlled by different federal and global agencies, the CIA backing Lawset is on record, that's come out in federal court, is now spilling across into the United States. And just like the CIA imported cocaine in the 80s, this has been declassified to destabilize the United States, came out in the Iran-Contra. This is a much wider scale, just like they're importing jihadis by the hundreds of thousands uh, out of the Caucasus, out of Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and Pakistan and Afghanistan to wreak havoc from northern Africa to central Africa to western Africa. So then NORTHCOM has an excuse to move in and take over, or AFRICOM. Then they're expanding that into the Middle East with Syria. They're expanding that now into Iraq on record. This is a grand destabilization program. And so it's the same thing that we see worldwide. The New World Order used the same strategy of destabilization, balkanization, on a planetary scale. So anyway, I just wanted to play that. Uh, Again, not endorsing Jones, but that was a very good synopsis of what is going on here on this whole planned implosion of America and um, kind of why and how they're doing it. Uh, the next one is U.S. General calls for North American Union slave grid. The collapse of the border is the collapse of the country. I mean, a nation without borders is not a nation, essentially, is what we're, we're talking about here. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and roll this audio now. Now, we've been talking this whole program about the collapse of the border, because the collapse of the border is not simply about that. It's about the collapse of America. It's a cloward and piven strategy to collapse the economy, to accelerate and expand the welfare state so quickly that the country cannot afford it, and it will collapse the country. That's also what Obamacare is about. It's a cloward and piven strategy. And they are putting it on with steroids right now. But there's also a question of what do they do after they collapse America? Well, that question was asked at a seminar a couple of weeks ago in London. And David Petraeus was the one who was chosen to give the answer. And he said, well, what comes after America? What comes after the collapse of America, that is? Well, he says that's easy, North America. And he goes on to say that for 20 years now we've had the North. Well, what he really, what General Betrayus, oh, I mean, uh, Petraeus, but I call him Betrayus, um, is basically saying is what comes after, you know, America, North America. Well, what he means is the North American Union. Okay, so that's what we're talking about here: Mexico and America with Canada all in one, no borders at all. North American Free Trade Agreement. And what is happening now that we see in America is that being made an established fact. If they had done it right away when they passed the legislation, people would have realized what's going on. But people don't realize it when it happens to them very slowly. We had Pelosi go last Saturday to the border and make it very clear that she didn't see a couple of different countries. She just saw one community north and south, and it just happened to have a border running through it. 
Let's play those quotes, and I want to get Dr. Jerome Corsi to comment on that. Here's Pelosi and Petraeus in the middle. Anyone who comes here sees that this is a community with a border going through it. Boldly proclaimed the coming North American decades as the title. So that's Petraeus talking now. You just heard Nancy Pelosi. Now, it's founded on recognition that if you put these three economies together, as has been the case 20 years into the North American Free Trade Act implementation, uh, you find unique uh, countries in terms of demographics. We're all Americans in this hemisphere, North and South America, and this crisis that some call a crisis, we have to view as an opportunity. There we go. This is an opportunity. An opportunity what? To export or import more diseases and... You know, the Santa Marti death cult and to collapse the, the economy and, and, you know, all of the other things that are, are afoot here that we've already gotten into. That's the opportunity that she's in reference to. It's a satanic opportunity, is what it is, to bring about the North American Union and, you know, collapse the country and collapse the dollar. And, and it's absolutely it's an opportunity for Satan. It's not a crisis, but it's an opportunity to essentially make NAFTA an established fact. Dr. Jerome Corsi joins us from WND. Dr. Corsi, what do you make of what you just heard? Well, I, I reported on both uh, in WND, and I've been writing about this now going back to about 2005, uh, that there is a move on the left, globalist move, to create a North American Union. And uh, we saw it even under President Bush with the Security and Prosperity Partnership in North America. These themes don't stop. And the key to getting this to succeed, there's two keys. One is it has to be a stealth methodology. In other words, uh, the globalists and the politicians like President Obama advancing this agenda have to be able to deny they're doing it. And Mm -hmm. secondly, it has to be done in a gradual enough way so that people don't catch on, or so that the next step seems natural or logical. I mean, you know, 20 years ago, if you'd had this influx of kids across the border, and they're not kids coming across the border. These are predominantly teenagers. A great number of them are gang members, uh, drug cartel dealers. Uh, exactly. The whole narrative about them being all the little kiddies is not an accurate depiction of what's really going on. ...with criminals, terrorists. I mean, it, we're, we're doing no background checks. We're doing no health checks. And it's not a refugee problem. This is a created crisis to flood the border with children, maybe 200,000 of them. Because um, the, the play the globalists and the democratic left are making is that Americans will be too soft-hearted. We won't want to, you know, send these kids back home. Yeah. And in the process, what we do is we blur the border. 20 years ago, it wouldn't have been tolerated, but today, uh, I'm sorry, this is just a very, very... I, I think it's a situation where the essentially it looks like they're taking the mask off, and, and that's what I find very troubling. We're seeing that they're accelerating this uh, expansion of the welfare state at the same time that they're essentially doing a bit of a reveal here. I thought it was pretty astounding to hear the comments of both Pelosi and Petraeus to say that, uh, you know, th- this is about the North American Union. We, of course, have had it for 20 years. 
And uh, now we see that we have some unique demographics as the kind of euphemisms that uh, Petraeus had. I also thought it was interesting that this was done at the Margaret Thatcher Conference on Liberty. I mean, here's somebody who went to Bilderberg and went, you know, toe-to-toe with these people and was driven out because she didn't like the European Union. And, of course, the European Union is just a different part of the strategy for the North American Union. They want to consolidate everything after they get these regional uh, consolidations. Well, see, George Bush, I mean, here's what I'm talking about. George Bush went down to the border uh, in, you know, to declare 2005 the Security and Prosperity Partnership and had these SPP meetings with the head of Mexico and the head of Canada. And so just having the three of them together there on the stage, the flags all together, presents to, you know, visual image, subliminally, that this is North America. Now, of course, we beat that back. I wrote a book called The Late Great USA. Uh, Alex Jones fought it very hard, as did WND, making this agenda obvious to our readers and to people listening to your radio show, that, in fact, this was a conscious effort, just like the European Union had been created, as a socialist, communist methodology. You know, we don't need borders. We really are all one entity, and creating these regional groups... North America, you know, then trade groups has always been the methodology. We do a NAFTA and then say, oh, that's just for trade. But ultimately it brings with it a whole political structure to make the trade work and to resolve disputes in trade. And, Dr. Corsi, you know, as we're talking about the NAFTA, and and they see this as an accomplished fact, I I think that explains why, when you're talking about George Bush being down there, that you covered it with the flags and everything, I think that's why the GOP has not only been silent about this, but essentially complicit in it. You know, they're talking about, well, this is, we've heard this uh, from them as well, saying this is an opportunity for us to do immigration reform. But you're talking about how they bring this in with the trade agreements, We now see that they're moving beyond the step of consolidating regions like North America and Europe. They're now moving to join those areas into a world government with a secretive trade agreement, the Transatlantic Partnership. We also see the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Those are being negotiated in complete secrecy without any input or oversight from any the public and certainly not even from our elected representatives. I've been writing about those for two years, warning people they're coming. Yes. Now, what you have is uh, Congress not giving fast-track authority, which would have you know, been designed to rubber stamp the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which is the one they wanted, the Obama administration wanted to do first. Mm-hmm. But see, the, the globalists don't mind because they've, they've had the first salvo. They've put in people's minds that this is coming. Even if they don't win this round, when they come back the next time, it's going to seem like, oh, well, we've heard this before. And this desensitizing of Americans to the fact that we are North America, that, you know, there is no border, that we can let these people transmigrate at will, that, uh, you know, the, the whole idea that Republicans think we get cheap labor with the migrants coming in, and the Democrats think we get a generation of new Hispanic Democratic voters, and the Democrats are going after a permanent presidential majority for the future with African-Americans, Hispanics, single women. They're playing identity politics. They're playing interest group politics. They're promising everybody um, Obama phones and food stamps and Dream Act and you name the promises. The communists always, the socialists always come on promising utopia. 
what you get at the end is slavery. What you get at the end is the loss of rights, the loss of nation. I mean, just take a look at where the country is. We're moving into part-time employment. As I've said, going back to the World Trade Organization, the, the globalists have put the jobs in China. Uh, massive numbers of Americans have been unemployed. Our, our especially, jobs, especially among our youth. We're supposed to embrace the uh, youth of other countries with this DREAM Act, and yet it's American youth who have such amazingly high unemployment. And, of course, they're not going to be given college educations unless they become indentured servants, but immigrants from other countries who come here illegally can get in-state tuition at any state that they want to go to, and many times they get a free ride going through there. But I, I guess I think the most important thing that we could get across to people, Dr. Corsi, is to get them to not look at this as something that is simply Obama, but this is something, as you point out, it's been going on for decades, going back to the beginning of the North American Union. And it's not a matter of incompetence either, because this is a plan. Many people don't understand that it's about America being taken down. They just look at it and they say, well, we're making a mistake, or it's incompetent, or Obama doesn't know what he's doing. But it's none of those things. This is a deliberate plan. And we can't even get people to understand what they see as being completed, and that's the North American Union, while they're working on the very next stage. They're laying the groundwork and establishing the uh, legislative uh, agreements to establish the next stage of consolidation between these different uh, economic areas. Well, and that's the, the, the logic of the, of the Colorado Piven socialist argument is that, you know, you, you say, okay, well, we don't want to... Okay, so that's, that's basically, I mean, it goes on for another <clears throat> 13 minutes. Um, I think that's mostly, I, I wanted to play that because then that got into a whole other aspect of what's going on here from a geopolitical standpoint. And so there's a lot of facets to this border collapse. It's just not about one thing. It's about accomplishing a huge part of implementation of the new world order. And what is what are they going to do leading up to that? And, and again, opening up these borders are one of the main things that is near and dear uh, to Satan's heart regarding this. So, <clears throat> next report by Dave Hodges. Congress knows about the government-sponsored child trafficking and its relationship to the present immigration crisis. Today was the day that I was going to produce the final chapter uh, on the present immigration crisis. What a difference 24 hours can make. It is with a heavy heart that I am compelled to state that there is so much um, <clears throat> new information surfacing about the current government planned and sponsored immigration crisis that the end is is no longer in sight with regard to the welfare of our children there is no good news to report today all i can offer is the lesser of two evils here is your choices number one congress is fully aware that the amount of child sex traffic trafficking is prolific okay now remember when i said this before when i first started talking about the border crisis um probably a month ago and I said, what about all of these children that are going to disappear? I mean, a million people go missing every year in the United States, according to their own statistics. Okay, I've talked about that before. Well, this is a tailor-made, perfect opportunity for them to, quote, disappear thousands of, of innocent children. And who is ever going to be the wiser Nope. I mean, there's they've got no ID, no tracking. No, their their parents or whoever sent them have no idea if they've if they've made it here, 
or maybe what might have happened along the way. There's, you know, I mean, it's it's perfect. It's a satanic, perfect storm for child abduction, sex trafficking, child sacrifice, child cannibalism, you name it. And this, Dave Hodges is, is the first person to uh, to cover this. So, <clears throat> um, further, the present immigration crisis is greatly exacerbating the amount of child ch- sex trafficking that is taking place and is going on to increase exponentially. Number two, agencies of the federal government are now planning for a pandemic resulting from the pr- present immigration crisis, and anyone ca- talking about this could go to prison. Yesterday, the Senate heard testimony from, from, among others, a San Diego high school assistant principal and a journalist from Reuters who have first-hand knowledge of the child sex trafficking operations within the United States. Please note that the title of the proceedings attempts to minimize the problem with the use of the phrase, falling through the cracks. In the title of the Senate subcommittee hearing on health and education, labor, and pensions, by the end of this article, you will see that the reference descriptive term, cracks, could more adequately be described as the Grand Canyon. Uh, and then he gives a, a whole thing when this took place, subcommittee hearing, falling through the cracks, challenges of prevention and identification of child trafficking and private rehoming. This took place on Tuesday, July 8th at the Dirksen Senate Office Building. <clears throat> In the televised hearing, Miss Janelle Luttrell, or Jeannie Luttrell, Assistant principal in the Grossmont Union High School District testified that child sex trafficking has reached the point where children are being trafficked from high school campuses in San Diego. I can understand that if you've been out of school for a while, you may be doing a double take. However, this is exactly what she said. But it pales in comparison to what was said by Miss Megan Twahuni, an investigative reporter from Reuters, who investigated how children drop out of the foster care system and end up being child sex trafficked. So in other words, the foster system into child sex trafficking, and many of the children that are in foster care are being sexually abused anyway um, by their foster parents. Some, not all, but a lot, some who criticized investigative reporters for daring to state that 50 CPS networks, meaning uh, Child Protective Services, which is basically like Satan, directly or inadvertently provide children for sex trafficking. Uh, this They will soon be apologizing for their scathing attacks on the legitimate work of investigators who have been making these claims for years. CPS oversees a corrupt and sinister system where children just disappear. And all too often, according to Twahuni, they disappear into child sex trafficking rings. I can't tell you how many of my listeners have emailed me and saying, expose CPS, they did this to me, they did, and, and again, I have done many things on child protective services over the years, um, in my uh, reports that I've talked about. This is just one of the many. Briefly, these future child sex trafficking victims disappear into a system where the foster parents sell the child online. Twahuni found that most states do not prevent the transfer of custody of a, of a foster child from a foster parent to unknown private parties, through the use of internet-based custody transfer agreements. The whole process can take place in most jurisdictions without the oversight of the court system and the involvement of a judge. Sounds like a match made in hell to me. You know? No accountability. Anything goes. 
you know, and this is how they disappear into these cracks. And imagine what's what's going to be done to these children accompanied, uh, uh, coming here unaccompanied from, you know, basically these Central America and Mexico with no parental oversight, no nothing, no documentation, no way. Nobody even knows if they ever even got here. Or even if they do get here and call home or whatever. Nobody knows what's going to happen to them next. They're released, oh well. You know, or they're taken somewhere. I just, I, I really see a, a Satan being all over this thing. <clears throat> the C-SPAN tele, televised Senate subcommittee hearing can be watched here. There's a this is a highly referenced article that I'm quoting from. It is on the PDF that I will have for today's date, uh, July 13th, 2014. And there's tons of links at the bottom of this report that you can click on if you want to go further. <clears throat> um, if we are unwilling to tear down the corrupt system and replace it with a system of child welfare that has judicial oversight, well, good judicial oversight, most of the judges are corrupted, then we deserve to perish as a nation. Um, any nation that is unwilling to protect its children deserves to disappear from the face of the earth. Oh, okay, but it's not like, I'm sure, born-again Christians that are aware of this want this to happen either. You know, it's just there's so many faces of wickedness everywhere you turn. You know, I try to do what I can do as a watchman to expose it. And then other people might be compelled in some way, shape, or form to do more in a specific area because they have the time to devote, maybe, to that area. Um, so, before the naysayers reach their computer keyboard and bluntly ask, bluntly ask me, what does this have to do with illegal immigration and child sex trafficking? His response is, child sex trafficking is being done under the watchful eyes of an impotent Congress armed with a 7% approval rate. So, in other words, they're complicit. Congress is totally letting this and making this happen. In fact, you know, the the level of pedophilia within high government, Congress and the President and uh, all of his demon-possessed lackeys, you know, is... is they're, they're, These people are Luciferians for the most part. And to get to that level, that's the deal they had to do. A lot of times it was generational. And, and they are pedophiles. Many of them are... Um, uh, a large percentage are homosexuals, bisexual, you name it, if it's perverted, warped, twisted, that's who Satan wants in public office. He does not want somebody that has high moral values in public office. How can Satan control somebody like that? Near to the extent that he can control some pervert, some demon-possessed vessel of Satan from the pit of hell. That's who Satan wants in government. Okay, and the, and the higher the government, the better. I'm not saying it's like that all on a local level. Of course, local levels are bad too. But it's, it gets worse, I think, as you get near the head of, of what's going on. At least not everybody in Congress is impotent or corrupt. Here's another case in point. Please read the following about the exploits of Representative Jim Bridenstine, Republican of Oklahoma. For some time now, I've been in possession of and this is Dave Hodges talking, I've been in possession of information from a reliable but confidential sources who have told me that many immigrant and American children are being sex trafficked to the Sinaloa Mexican drug cartel. The Mexican drug cartels have been long linked with the terrorist organizations Hamas and Hezbollah. The partner in crime of the cartels is none other than the CIA. 
in what is a very similar operation to the infamous Iran-Contra scandal. Only in this case, both drug and sex, child sex trafficking money are being skimmed to support the off-the-books operations of supplying money for gun running to Al-Qaeda to promote the regime change. It's all one big satanic nest of serpents together. The CIA, Hamas, Hezbollah, Mexican drug cartels, MS-13. They're all working together to bring this about, to fund the Muslim terrorists, to fund the drug cartels, to fund and to use sex trafficking to, um, I'm sure, probably private people that, that buy these children for their own uh, whatever thing they're going to do with them, sex slaves, uh, human sacrifice, uh, who knows, okay? And then you also have, I'm sure, brothels being used where uh, perverts can go and, and pay for sex with, with children, and then, you know, they're, they make money that way, the, the Mexican drug cartels, you know? I mean, I heard this a long time ago, like, that if you go to... Um, it was a joke, I guess. Like, that men would say, yeah, I'm going to go down to Costa Rica for a fishing trip. And what that meant is they were going to go down there and try to find some, like, little girl that's like, you know, I don't even know whatever perversion age they want to go for, 9, 10, whatever. And there's parents down there willing to sell their children for, like, these, to these perverted you know, Americans or whoever's going down there for the right price to essentially have sex with them. And I mean, it's, it's, and then if they're virgins, it's, it's like, it goes, I I mean, I, I can't comprehend that level of evil. I really can't. You take your little girl and you're like, okay, the highest bidder. I mean, and that's when some when they would say, oh, "Yeah, I'm going to go to a, uh, I'm going to go on a fishing trip to Costa Rica." That's what they meant. They're going to go to San Jose, Costa Rica, where a ton of this goes on, and this is just one place. I mean, talk about having no fear of God. Can you imagine getting on a plane to basically go on a sex tourism? This is what it's called, sex tourism. Where you can go and have sex with underage girls in, in a third world country and not have to worry about the law. As long as you're paying the, the price. Wow. I mean, talk about having your conscience seared with a hot iron. Talk about being turned over to a reprobate mind like the Bible talks about in Romans 1. And having no fear of God. I mean, I'm not saying that because I think I'm Mr. Perfect or anything, but come on. Really? And this goes on by the millions. I mean, if you add all of the of the the people that have done this up over time, and it's only getting worse. And now we've got a built-in pipeline for this to happen at even a huger exponential rate with all of these children coming across the border. And they're linked up with the Sinaloa Mexican drug cartel, which is also linked up with Hamas and Hezbollah, the Islamic terror organizations that are bent on our destruction. And the CIA is really the mastermind for all of it. And we're going to find out later that they're the ones that actually started ISIS as well, the ones that are going across killing Christians by the thousands in the Middle East. Yeah, 
It really is that bad, and it really is that sick and that perverted. I mean, it's it's just like you, it's just like you read the stuff, and it's almost like you you, it just makes you real, like you you realize you're gonna burn in hell for eternity, you know, these people in mass forever and ever. And then the lake of fire. I guess it's worth it to them, though, so that they can rape little children and, and run their drugs and run their terror networks. It's incomprehensible. The same strategy is presently being applied to ISIS and their activities as well. We'll discuss that more later. Congressman Jim Bridenstein Steen recently stuck his nose in the middle of the situation as he unsuccessfully attempted to gain access to the illegal immigrant center at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Now that's that's far into the interior of America. You know. Where there where this is a place that they're bringing these illegal aliens into. Health and Human Services officials refused to allow this member of Congress to enter a facility in his district. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's my district. I can't go there, though. Because Health and Human Services says so. Because Satan says, no go, buddy. You you can't go in. This is in his district where some of the unaccompanied immigrant children are being housed. There are 1,200 immigrant children immigrant children being kept at Fort Sill alone. And Fort Sill is within Bridenstine's district, and he can't go there. (laughs) Uh, That's not too big, brother. That's not too suspicious. The American people are supposed to be able to depend on Congress to protect the American public from the excesses of the executive branch of government, and, and in the fulfillment of this duty, the congressman was actually denied entry by a guard hired by Health and Human Services. He was told to return after July 21st and to make an appointment. Brian subsequently stated, quote, Do they not want the children to speak to members of Congress? As a Navy pilot, I have been involved in operations countering illicit human trafficking. I would like to know to whom these children are being released. End of quote. Again, yeah, exactly. Well, remember what we just talked about the foster care children? They can come in, you can come in and they can do private deals with private, and it doesn't even have to be on the books. Evidently, if there's, there's ways around that. Well, how many of you think of those backroom deals are being done here? Where they're not being released to some, quote, relative? They're being released to some disgusting pedophile who's literally going to use them up use them as a sex slave and then probably sacrifice them in the end or kill them when they've lived out their youth uh, usefulness when he's vampirized them enough that's going to be the fate of a ton of them I mean look look who's at the head of all of this the Obama administration This is tailor-made for them. 
The congressman may not be familiar with the work of Megan Twahuli or Dave Hodges, but it is a safe bet that the congressman probably knows what we both already know, which is what we're talking about today. After encountering the HHS, Bridenstine stated there are no there is no excuse for denying a federal representative from Oklahoma access to a federal facility in Oklahoma, especially in his district, where unaccompanied children are being held. Any member of Congress should have the legal authority to visit a federal youth detention facility without waiting three weeks. Bridenstine expressed additional concern that Health and Human Services are releasing illegal immigrant children to a sponsor, quote, sponsor, within the United States. Yeah, right, a sponsor. That, you know, I mean, how open-ended can you be? How, how you know... On July 17, 2012, the Senate released a 1,200-page report which implicated HSBC Bank, banking regulators, and chastised various law enforcement agencies for not doing their job related to money laundering from illicit sources of income, mostly involving Mexican drug cartels. The report was released under the following title, U.S. Vulnerabilities to Money Laundering Drugs Terrorist Financing, HSBC bank case history. This report barely saw the light of day, yet its revelations are stunning. In the appendix section of this article that I'm reading from right now, the entire report is downloadable and witness testimony is provided. The report title speaks for itself. Don't be deceived by the fact that you do do not see the term child sex trafficking mentioned in the title. The monies derived from drug running and sex trafficking are commingled and no Senate report is going to directly accuse the Department of Homeland Security, the FBI, the Manhattan District Attorney Office, the New York Port Authority, for either facilitating or turning a blind eye to the practice of child sex trafficking. But it's being done. At a gigantically huge rate. And don't you think that God being on the throne is looking down on all of this garbage going on, all of this wicked evil and that judgment has to be at the door? The, abort- the abortuaries, you know, millions being killed, all of the women that are, that are literally on birth control that is literally abortifactive. That's, how birth- that's one of the ways birth control works, is through abortifactive measures. I don't mean a condom, I mean birth control that women take. The pill, the patch, the IUD. IUD is totally abortifactive. But the pill and the patch, and... Um, you know, the morning after pill, which literally kills. I mean, these are all aborted facts. These are all child sacrifices occurring in the womb. All of that is innocent blood crying out from the land. The abortions that are on the books, the ones that aren't on the books, all of the homosexual activity, all of the pornography and wickedness going I mean, it's just, you know, it's amazing God hasn't judged America. And then the silence of the 501c3 corporate church, for the most part. I shouldn't have to do this job. This should be the job of American pastors across the country. This should be being done every week. As bad as it is, it should be being done every week in pulpits across America. At least a portion of the sermon should be devoted to these types of issues. Or maybe even have Sunday school devoted to it. And have your your main preaching service after. Isn't this important enough to get into? No, no, it would, we, our donations would go down and we, we can't do that anyway because we can't speak out against the government. You know, we, we can't do that. We would lose our 501c3 corporate charter. 
and then that would be terrible. We want to get subsidies from the government, and we couldn't be a corporation anymore. We'd get all kind of trouble. The IRS would be down our throats, and our parishioners couldn't write it off on their taxes anymore. Oh, no, 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 no. That's what's important, you know, because we know that pleases God to do that. Yeah. Okay. So, if we go further, man, this is just beyond horrific. After reading as many reports as I have, I have concluded that when one finds drug operations to support gun running, one will always find child sex trafficking operating hand in glove as a result. And what better place, what more tailor-made place could you have where you have, like, innocent children coming up with no parental guidance with no money going right into the hands of the wonderful drug cartels and all the coyotes and all these other things. I mean, how many of them aren't even making it to the border? In other words, how many of them are being and then then reintroduced into this whole thing once they're even here? (laughs) Only God knows, but I would venture to say it's a ton of children. Which, again, praying for them. Because if you don't know to pray about something, you know, I'm not saying God can't intervene on their behalf, but if a lot of people are aware of this, a lot of born-again, Bible-believing Christians are aware of this, well, then they can pray about it. But if you're not aware of something, you know, you're, you're ignorant of the situation, you just don't know about it, well, then... No prayers going up regarding that matter. I have interviewed former HSBC Vice President John Cruz three times. John tried to expose these heinous crimes to all of the mentioned federal, above mentioned federal local law enforcement agencies. According to Cruz, every agency refused to look at this issue, although some acknowledged that he did uncover criminal activity. If banking regulators refused to look at this issue, brought forth from a vice president of the bank, then it is likely that the trail runs all the way to the top of the Federal Reserve Board. Well, you you better believe it. Pure wickedness. The Federal Reserve that just prints money out of thin air, since essentially we went off the silver standard especially. Totally off it, like, in the late 60s, early 70s. I mean, where they put no more silver in coinage. Off the gold standard in 1933. Federal Reserve's created in 1913. On Jekyll Island. Essentially the plans for that. And ultimately that was to bankrupt the country. Print the money out of thin air. Nothing backing it. Will eventually result in hyperinflation. Which will, will eventually collapse the fiat paper dollar that's printed out of thin air. It has to happen. In conclusion, it is apparent that no child is safe, particularly the immigrant children coming into this country, illegal aliens. If the haters at La Raza would put away the race card long enough, they would clearly see that the children they claim to support are being victimized by the thousands. They don't care about those kids. Those people are pure evil at La Raza. Again, they're the Hispanic KKKs. That's all they are. Let me see here. Um... Uh, okay, I think I have enough time to do this. I'm trying to see what I can get through here. Next report, is your church part of the New World Order? Again, by Dave Hodges. 
Um, as this Sunday comes and goes, I will not be attending church. With a scant few exceptions, the church has been invaded in the same manner that our Constitution has been obliterated. As the country struggles to come to grips with the illegal alien invasion, which threatens our economy, our collective health, and our national sovereignty, we are unable to look to our churches to provide the leadership needed in the time of crisis. I have previously documented how several of the recent unscreened illegal aliens have very serious illnesses, and we just read the last report, we talked about that, the reports before that. Um, They have very serious illnesses, some of which have been caught by the Border Patrol, and nothing is being done except for the federal government's threatening the whistleblowers with prison. See, the reporters that are going down the report on this are being all threatened with prison, if they talk about this. You know, because we, we can't expose the evil, we have to keep it under wraps. I have also documented how some of the illegal immigrants are members of MS-13 who have decided ties to the Mexican drug cartels and ultimately to the most dangerous terrorist organizations on the face of the earth. Instead of heeding this well docu- these well-documented warnings, <clears throat> many of our churches are not condemning this evil. Instead, they're embracing the evil. Well, I would say the vast majority are probably silent at bare minimum. And, and if not, they're going to be con- they're going to be condoning it and, and, and cheering. Most of the disciples of Jesus Christ were martyred for their un- uncompromising views toward the corrupt civilian civilian authority, except for John, who died of extreme old age, and Judas, but he means in prison on Patmos, and Judas, who committed suicide after betraying Jesus. Many of Jesus's followers met an untimely end. For example, Peter was crucified head down during the persecution of Nero. James was thrown from a pinnacle of the temple and then beaten to death with a club. Thomas, the doubter, was run through the body with a lance at Coromandel in the East Indies. Yet today, most of our 501c3 tax-exempt churches have embraced the suicidal course of Judas as they have made a deal with the devil by espousing government doctrine even when it violates the word of God. In opposition to the early founders of the church and in opposition to the teachings of Jesus Christ, today's church capitulates in the face of evil. It acquiesces to evil and drags its followers with it by demanding compliance to the illegitimate authority and decidedly non-Christian forces which are subjugating the country. Today's pastors are doing so under the guise of Romans 13. Now, I did a whole teaching on this, and I give you the link here. Um... It's going to be about on page 7 of the PDF for this date, um, July 13, 2014. It's entitled Romans 13 and Unlimited Subservience to the Government. Where should a Bible-believing Christian draw the line? So you can click on that if you'd like to hear that. And then also all the, the teachings I've done on the 501c3 church, I give you a link to that as well. And a link to the PDF for the teachings on Romans 13. Now, case in point, to San Bernardino. Uh, Bernardino area churches, Fontina's St. Joseph's Catholic Church in St. Catharines of Siena Parish in Rialto. These churches have provided travel cash and bus tickets to recent illegal immigrants as they are permanently embedded into the mainstream of our country. Here's a little cash, you know. Make yourself at home. There's some bus tickets, you know. Many of these immigrants come from countries who have virulent outbreaks of various serious diseases and viruses for which the average American has no immunity. Yet the Catholic Diocese of San Bernardino spokesperson John Andrews told NBC Los Angeles that we will serve these people for as long as we need to, even when it threatens the existing population. 
Um, why don't these churches just hand out blankets on the street corners laced with smallpox, like, like one of the tactics we used against the Native American Indians, um, you know, hundreds of years ago. First, I would like to point out that these benevolent churches that we, to these benevolent churches that we have homeless Vietnam veterans on seemingly every street corner begging for their next meal, where is their compassion for these people? Charity begins at home and these two churches are examples on why I cannot find a church worthy of trusting. If you want to feed today's illegal immigrants, that's noble, a noble cause, however, to pay to pay them to embed them illegally into our society with no health screening or naturalization period is the height of social responsibility. And I mean, feed them long enough to send them back because what they're doing is illegal. You know, okay, I'm not saying while they're here we should like abuse them and not feed them and clothe them and things of this nature even though they are here illegally. Okay, but you know, you don't encourage that behavior obviously but, you know, not according to Obama. A recently condemned pastors who support the lead churches who enjoy the 501c3 tax-exempt status offered by the IRS. Does your pastor command you to follow the will of the government because it is your Christian duty to do so under Romans 13? If so, your pastor is a traitor to the word of God. The modern interpretation of Romans 13 is pure blasphemy and twisting. The scripture has been morphed into a doctrine espousing the divine right of kings in which God has somehow chosen all kings to ruthlessly rule over a people and it is incumbent upon the people to accept their, quote, God-given fate. Not from any Bible I've read. The flock are commanded to, quote, submit himself to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. Uh, This false interpretation is nothing but a divine coronation of a ruthless, self-serving government, and Christians are expected to capitulate and honor the same kind of thievery, lawlessness, and murder which inspired Jesus to expel the money changers from the temple. Now, understand something. Before Hitler came into power, and as Hitler was coming into power, one of the main things he did is go to the Christian, and whether it was Catholic or whatever, pastors, and tell them to preach on Romans 13... That, they, that the church needs to submit to whatever the government is telling them, regardless of if it goes against Scripture, which would be a total contradiction of Scripture. And that was one of the main ways that he got the churches to comply in Nazi Germany. Okay, so this tactic has been used many times. Hitler being one of the chiefest. Now, my comment from the description of the teaching I posted above on Romans 13, which I get into this much more in depth, I say, do Christians who use Romans 13 to teach that we should not oppose our president or any other political leader really believe that civil magistrates have unlimited authority to do anything they want without opposition? For example, what if our president decided to resurrect the old monarchical custom of just prime noctis, which is the law of the first night? That was the old medieval custom that when the king claimed the right to sleep with the subject's bride on the first night of their marriage. So he could consummate the marriage of the king. What a perverted devil. Would our sincere Christian brethren sheepishly say Romans 13 says that we must submit to government? Well, I'm sure some of them would. But for the most part, I think not. And would any of us respect any man who would submit to such a law? 
So there is limits to authority. All human authority is limited in nature. No man has unlimited authority over the lives of other men. Lordship and sovereignty is the exclusive domain of Jesus Christ. Did John the Baptist violate God's principle of submission to authority when he publicly scolded King Herod, King Herod, for his infidelity? Did Simon Peter and the other apostles violate God's principle of submission to authority when they refused to stop preaching on the streets of Jerusalem? Acts 5.29 says, Then so then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. So even the great prophets, apostles, and writers of the Bible, including the writer of Romans, uh, the writer of Romans chapter 13, understood that human authority, even civil authority, is limited. Going back to the main article, as I contemplate what many of the churches will be like as they embrace a perverted interpretation of Romans 13, I am left wondering if these 501c3 pastors think God would condone the horrific abuses being perpetrated by the Obama administration. What kind of God would command its religious leaders to simply ignore the American Holocaust, which has witnessed the murder of over 50 million American babies? And that's a very conservative estimate. Since Roe v. Wade in 1973, what kind of God would not have its clergy and its followers fail to condemn the bankster-controlled wars of American imperialism, uh, which would have resulted in the unnecessary deaths of millions of human beings? Which have resulted in the unnecessary deaths of millions of human beings. What kind of God would fail to command his clergy to not speak out and to condemn the actions of the criminal money changers on Wall Street who are inspired only by the love of money as they continue their heinous assault upon humanity in the form of unlabeled GMO poisons, chemtrails, chlorine, fluoride in the water, vaccines, all the things they're doing to defile the food supply. I mean, you could go on and on and on, okay? The theft or the theft of solvent home mortgages by megabanks and the secret detentions and murder of American citizens under the NDAA. What kind of God would order his followers to remain silent as the bankster-controlled government plans to commence a world war starting with Ukraine, Syria, and Iran? That's his take on it. In order to support the preservation of the petrodollar, which will result in the potential death of billions of human beings... Now, whether that part happens, I don't know. That's his, that's his take. In actuality, the God of the Bible would never command his followers to both enable and serve the evil which permeates the, uh, our government. For any church that encourages complete obedience to a corrupt government, they have taken a big te- step towards personally accepting the mark of the beast. You have to understand, this 501c3 church is on a is, is on a train that's going down a track that's going to lead to the one world religion. So, whether you, you better get off the train now while you can. Because the longer you stay on it, the more this fog is going to overcome your thinking process. And you're going to think, well, you know what, yeah, he's really convincing and he wouldn't lead me astray or she wouldn't lead me astray, God forbid. I mean, oh, the, the Baptist church just ordained their first transgendered pastor this week. A pastor that was a man got his sex change and came back. And I mean, you cannot tell that this guy was a woman, was a guy. I mean, it looks totally like a woman. They had a gay, gay wedding this week in, in, in the Baptist church in Kentucky. I mean, the Baptists, the ones that are supposed to be the, the ones that are, you know, the most hardcore. Of all the denominations. That's the one I came out of. Independent, fundamental, King James only, non-501c3 
Baptist church. Now, I understand they're probably not independent fundamental ones, but, and I know there's a lot of different flavors of Baptist, Southern, and, you know, but still, I mean, you're just going to see more and more of it. You're, if you're on that train, you're on the train, and it's going to end up with the New World Order, and it's going to end up requiring you to take the mark of the beast in order to stay on the train. I, I, you know, that's, that's my take. This is a very dangerous precedent, and this could potentially imperil the salvation of millions of Christians. Uh, if millions, of millions, if Christians allow this false doctrine to expand across our nation's churches, well, they've already done that. If your church attempts to solicit donations from you to support the ongoing infiltration of our country by unscreened hordes of illegal aliens, get up out of your seat, walk out, and do not return to the church. Why? For one, it is unlikely, it is likely that your church is a member of the clergy response team and NOVAD. Now I've talked about the clergy response team. If you click, if you just key in 501c3 in the keyword search at contendingfortruth.com, key in that phrase, 501c3, just one one little, I don't it's not a word, but it's, you know, all one, all letters together, and there's no spaces. You'll see a whole bunch of teachings I've done where I talk about the clergy response team that hundreds, if not no, probably thousands of pastors are part of at this point. And I mean, they're waiting. I've talked about this a lot. They are just waiting for when that pandemic or when that terror event occurs and they are going to be right there yoked up with the government. They're going to be used as vaccine um, distribution and um, vaccine centers where you go to get basically forced vaccinated. It's going to be mandatory. They're going to tell their flock, you better line up, get your shot, do whatever the government tells you. They're always a force for good, even though if they're doing blatant evil, doesn't matter. They're a force for good because Romans 13 tells us that, even though it doesn't say that. If you read, if you read the full context of Romans 13, it doesn't say that. They're going to tell you, turn in your guns. They're going to tell you, turn in any dissenters, anybody that you've overheard, be a good little Nazi brown shirt spy. Oh yeah, there's that guy, Ted. He used to be at our, our, congregation, you know, he left because he was really pro-Second Amendment. He couldn't stand the lukewarm stance our pastor took on this issue. So he he left. Well, you know what? I know where he lives. Well, I'm going to be a good little Nazi. I'm going to turn him in. I heard he didn't get vaccinated either. He's putting us all at risk because he didn't get vaccinated. Even though, why would you need, why would it even matter? If you're vaccinated, aren't you protected? Why does it matter? Well, because the government says so. Well, they would never steer you wrong. Even though they killed over 50 million during the 1918 1919 Spanish flu pandemic through vaccines, and that's what I documented in my 14-city tour I did back in 06 on the avian flu killer of millions. Just keying in the search box on YouTube, avian flu killer of millions, or Scott Johnson, avian flu, you'll find it. You know, just the primary method to kill people in mass through vaccines. And you're going to have droves of these churches being the literal hubs that you go to where this satanic agenda is fulfilled. 
And the pastor's going to be up there with some Homeland Security representative. And they're going to be buddy buddies telling you exactly what to do, what to say, what to think, where to go, what shot to take, who to turn in. A lot of these churches have railroad tracks going right by them. That one, the last time I talked about this subject, I found this one, and I was looking at it on a map, and there was a railroad, I mean, literally at the corner of the property, that goes right to a detention camp about 20 miles up the, up the railroad tracks. Railroad tracks are a big way this is going to happen on these, on these death trains they got. I got a place right here in Conover, North Carolina, that we're going by right next to, um, it's a, it's a new facility they built right next to it. I mean, literally the railroad tracks are right in front of it and the whole back part of it is all fenced in and all the barbed wires facing in. Taylor's seen it. We drive by there all the time. I'm, I'm seeing what, what more, what are the, what more are they going to do to fortify it? New library they put back right by it as well on the other side library that has windows that there's no, they're not like bars, they're a lot more subtle, but they're steel, they're like steel things where you could never break out of this place. They could use that as a containment facility, they could use this other place as a containment facility. Right now it looks like a legitimate business, but it could be quickly converted in a matter of hours into a place you could detain people. And then they have the whole back, literally, I mean, the size of four or five football fields, if you combine them all together, and the bob wire is this big field, and the bob wire is all facing in, and it's right in the middle of a residential area, the main residential area. Facing in? Why do you have bob wire facing in? Are you are you a prison facility? And then the, the building next to that has the bob wire facing in, and that's like some auto salvage thing. All of this stuff's being set up silently. Nobody, you know, really, and there's very few people that question this kind of stuff. And, and, and this is it. This is right near where I live. Just have to have your eyes open, you know, and, and just look, kind of like look around, see, you know. Not a big community. So, <laughs> I've seen it with my own eyes. I've reported on it over and over and over again, this whole dynamic that we're being set up for. The clergy response team falls under the umbrella series of programs known as the National Voluntary Organizations Active in Disaster, or NOVAD. When there's a link here to that if you want to know more about it. Which is a non-profit member organization which shares knowledge and resources throughout throughout a disaster the organization helps to prepare respond recover and to mitigate the damage caused by some unknown disaster per, presumably which lies in the future of humanity amazingly novad claims to be the faith-based coalition which is structured as a non-governmental organization even though it is governmental and operates on a national scale and is supported by the tax dollars funneled to department of homeland security so we know it's pure evil. Instantly, Bible-believing Christians Christians should smell a rat. Since when in the modern era has the federal government ever sponsored organized religion? The answer is not since well before the advent of the atheist activist Madeline Murray O'Hare, who was successful in banning prayer from public schools in 1963. So why would the government suddenly fund and support a faith-based organization on a national scale? 
The simple answer is that Homeland Security is seeking to control our churches and ministers. They've already got the control of 501c3, but now they're going to tighten the noose. Now is, is, is when, you know, Caesar's going to call in the chips. I've even done a study that talked about that. It was actually Dr. Dixon wrote that article, and I, I read it online. It's one of the 501c3 studies that I've done. And that's a really good book to get, Dr. Dixon's book, The Trail of Blood Revisited. Go to unregisteredbaptistfellowship.com, unregisteredbaptistfellowship.com, you know, the unregistered Baptist Fellowship's one word. And I believe you can have access to their book, and you can also, their, 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 they have a little law thing they have in getting the churches out of the 501c3. It's not easy to do the right way. The government doesn't want it to be easy, okay? So if you're going to do it, you do it the right way, and I believe they've got probably the best way to do it. Anyway, you can get the book up there as well if you want to know more about this. Uh, also, my teachings alone will give you a lot to chew on for a long time on the 501c3 subject. So, anyway, um, the simple answer is Homeland Security is seeking to control our churches and ministers before the impending train wreck comes to fruition inside of America. DHS, as Hitler did, uh, desperately is trying to control all Christians through the perversion of Romans 13, and this is one of the two cornerstones in this movement designed to control Christian leaders. And this government, and this government's foothold into the control of our churches begins with accepting the 501c3 tax exempt status, which gives the government license to control the message and ultimately pervert the word of God. According to the Internal Revenue Service, no substantial part of a religious tax exempt church may engage in any activity which may be attempting to influence legislation and the church may not intervene in political campaigns. What can you talk about then? You know? I mean, so much of what you would say in a sermon could potentially be construed as political in in some ways. I mean, it depends who's interpreting it. In other words, if the government decides to secretly disappear dissidents, the church must remain silent or risk losing its tax exemption. If the government continues to expand its infanticide policies of abortion by extending the murder of babies to include even post-abortion, post, uh, de- uh, post-delivery abortion, I think that's the only way abortion should be permitted. If you're going to do it, okay, fine. Go. I'm not saying fine. I'm, this is a facetious thing, I'm, but this is, this is what I think the way they should do it. You, the woman delivers the baby. The man who got her pregnant is there. The woman that delivered the baby is there. The doctor and the nurse. And then there's the baby, okay? So, basically, you all draw straws. There's one short straw. Whoever draws the short straw dies. They're aborted, okay? At least the baby has a one in five chance of living. What's wrong with that? You think, you think there should be more people, Taylor? Taylor brings up a good point. She says, I don't think the, the, the baby should be included at all because the baby has no choice. Absolutely right. She's absolutely right. 100%. I'm just saying that even in a wicked, perverted, twisted world, if it, you know, come on, let's, let, let's, let's really see, come on, roll the dice. Let's see how, uh, you know, it would, it would really start weeding out a lot of people real quick. You know? <laughs> I bet you the abortion rate would drop to, you know, near zero. 
you know, it's not fair. It's not fair to the baby, the scenario. But the way it is right now is just 100% unmitigated, premeditated murder. It's premeditated murder. It's first degree murder of the most innocent sect of our society. At the time when the baby should feel the most secure in the mother's womb, it is the mother's womb is the most, if you look at worldwide statistics on abortion, the mother's womb is by far the most dangerous place a person will ever be. You look at how many babies are aborted worldwide. Let's go worldwide, okay? The mother's womb is by far the most dangerous place you will ever be from a statistical standpoint. Will you escape the gauntlet of the mother's womb, of the abortion doctor? I like to think in big terms. Because God, I think, thinks in, in big terms. How many abortions are going on worldwide every year? We just talk about America. What about worldwide? There's over 50 million worldwide every year. Well, they talk about Roe versus Wade, 50 million since 19-whatever. Hold on, what about worldwide every year? Don't those babies count too? Do you know how much innocent blood is crying out from the planet? And how much ground that's given to Satan? You, you look at how wicked things are. You don't have to look any further than that one thing. There could be nothing, everything could be puritanical in that one thing going on. If the blood of one righteous man, Abel, cried out from the land when Cain killed him unjustly, how much more so the blood of 50 million plus babies per year worldwide who were much more innocent than Abel? I mean, they're little babies. They're they're, they're, they're baby in the womb. Does it get any more innocent? Anyway, let's go further. If the government engages in any heinous genocidal act, the church must remain silent or risk losing the tax advantages for being a 501c3 tax-exempt organization. Combine the 501c3 financial motivation with the DHS-inspired NOVAD directive for clergy to remind their flocks of their Christian duty to obey the government under any and all conditions. We are witnessing the neutering of our most precious institution and the ultimate salvation of millions is hanging in the balance because, you know, it is. Who do you think is behind the immigration crisis? Well, if you go to the top, obviously it's Satan. But then you go down a notch from that. The United Nations. Think about it. The United Nations? Yeah, they want all... Nations united in a one-world government, one-world religion, one-world economic system, one-world political system. There's going to be ten regions, and one of the regions is the North American Union. So the United Nations is the main driver behind all of this garbage that we're talking about, about opening up the borders and all of this. To bring about this controlled crisis where everything will collapse and they'll just say, well, we can't do anything. We just got to form the North American Union. It's the United Nations. If you look at the logo of the United Nations, it's a, it's a, the world, like a globe, the world, with a wreath around it. And, the, and in the first Olympics, when a, when a participant 
won an event, they were given that wreath, that same looking wreath, like that, I don't know, like a horseshoe wreath that they would place around their head of garland. And that meant they had conquered that event. When you see the wreath around the United Nations, the the United Nations logo and the wreath around the globe, that means that that is the goal of the United Nations, is the conquering of the whole world. And this is very, this is like chief on their agenda to get America to fall. That is their, that is their main thing they're devoting energy to right now. Who is behind the United Nations? Well, the New World Order, Satan, 13 families of the Illuminati, the people that control people like Obama, like puppets on a string. Who does your church support? Well, if you're yoked up, I mean, the IRS is part of this. The IRS is the private debt collection arm for the International Monetary Fund. When you pay taxes, it doesn't go to run in this country. Even even the Grace Commission, commissioned by Reagan, determined that the blue ribbon panel that he put in place to analyze all sectors of the government, they determined that not one dime, not one nickel of what you pay into the IRS goes to running this country. Not one nickel. It's, it's being used to make the banksters rich and to fund your own destruction. That's what it's being used for. And you're yoked up with the 501c3. The 501c3 churches are yoked up into that whole mess. The government, the IRS, the whole nine yards. And who knows, from a spiritual standpoint, what happens to a church when they do that. Who knows what devils and demons and fallen angels have right now to go in and inhabit that church and influence them. And they don't see it because they can't see them. Unless you have your third eye open, and that's not a good thing. I mean, if you're a new ager, it is, or a witch, or a warlock. So, with each passing crisis, Americans are increasingly looking for leadership in all the wrong places. If your pastor is a member of these federal organizations, run from that church. If your church is a tax-exempt church, which worships money over God, leave immediately. Form prayer and home Bible study groups and do not let a perverted interpretation of Romans 13 be used to subjugate you. Yeah, amen. And all of the links to this stuff is, is are present there. Okay, I have to... And I'm going to go ahead and probably do three parts this week because I just have so much to cover and I want to get through this information. So I'm going to go ahead and end part two here and we're going to go to part three next.